Are you ready? Yep. Oh, I, are you asking me? I'm asking. Oh no. Okay. okay. Clap. Okay, we're ready. Are you nervous? Yeah. Uh, Why? <laughs> I wasn't asking you, Tim. Okay. Maybe a little bit, but I'm really happy to be here with you guys. Really? To share the, yeah. Cool, me too, man. Me too. All right, so this is for Clementine and Otis. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. Today's guest is Martana Diputra. Martana is a Balinese regenerative food farmer. And Tim, I always stuff that word up in your podcast as well. Um, he's a student of agroecotechnology at university and lead facilitator at the Astung Karaway. Today, Martana is with me live and on location in Changu, Bali, to check in, share journey, experiences, challenges, and hopes for the future of Bali. Pakmatana Diputra, welcome. Thank you, Pak Shannon. Yeah. Yes, brother. I'm so stoked to have you here. And a special shout out to this week's co-host, past guest, founder of the Astung Karaway, and part-time comedian, Mr. Tim Fidgel. Thank you, Shannon. Dude, how are you, Tim? Very well, thanks. Welcome back. <sighs> Man, this is special for me. You know, like I haven't. I mean, I had to leave Bali. Before the pandemic, it's been like over two years. Can you, Martana, describe the last two years from your perspective? Mm-hmm. Has it been the strangest time you've ever seen in, the, in in your life in Bali? Yeah, for the last these two years, I've been with the, this COVID situation. I mean, like there's a lot of situation change. Yeah, yeah, especially in uh, agriculture because. I'm working in that sector for, I think, for whole my uh, life until now. Yeah, so a lot of things, like a lot of people start to going back to the agriculture again yeah. after, I don't know how many, how many period of time, because as you guys know, Bali is more like in tourism side. But when agriculture, oh, sorry, when the COVID hits, so most of people turning back to the agriculture again. Yeah. So that's kind of like also good for the environment because people back to to plant their own op- sort of their food for their living also and for their their eat as well. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. wow. So they're going back to the orange origins of um, of how they were living in Bali before tourism was a major source of income. Yep. Wow, that's special. Mm-hmm. Like, as a child, um, can you describe the village that you grew up in? Mm-hmm. So, I grew up in the village, like, uh, in city side. So, I grew up in Denpasar. Yeah. But kind of, like, not in the heart of Denpasar. I live in, like, north of Denpasar. So, when I was a kid, I've been playing a lot at the rice field because I live in middle of the rice field and then I can see still a few mountains in the middle of Bali from my village and then still can see firefly at night with my uncle. I think that's really makes me something that I miss now when I was, uh, I mean like when I'm 
now at my age. So because those things, I think, is still stuck in my mind until now. Even though, like, I'm growing uh, vegetable with my dad, uh, helping my dad to also watering the all the vegetable with the water can manually, and then also cut some grass also for the cows. So I had cows like two or three cows before. <laughs> But now I don't have any more because it's it's just like um, I don't know it's just like change uh, the changes is really like different now than before. I mean like um, yeah. So no cows anymore. And no cows, but why? still why still doing farming because um, yeah my parents still uh, doing farming, but now with the cows with more vegetable now, but a lot of surrounding also start building so i guess it's also don't want to damage the environment like especially the smile a the smile of the that uh, the commoner so, oh, the smell yeah the smell yeah. yeah so now just become left left uh, less less sorry less the uh, livestock that people are was doing before and now it's just maybe just only vegetable and also rice do you remember your parents growing vegetables yep. since you were born? Yep. Uh, especially I have grandfather that usually like bring me to the to the rice field, to the vegetable garden to pick some flower from the vegetable that I still can remember until now. So yeah, since I was a kid and when I was a born, I remember my, uh, uh, sorry, my grandfather just keep walking around to find some flower from the vegetable garden and then my for, for ceremony no just for playing because i was a kid like five or six of six years old so just flower from the vegetable from like water spinach and just for play a play yeah so what, what's the what's the name of your village uh paguyangan then pasar wow yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, like, I think what many people in, I guess, other countries don't realize mm-hmm. that even though Denpasar is a city, yep. there's still rice fields yep. sort of in close proximity to the city, to the city, correct? Yep. Because it's like north of Denpasar, so the edges of the city. So the edges of the city. I think the central is already turned into the. Uh, urban side urbanization and but in the side there's still few of the rice field yeah yep is there as many rice fields as there used to be uh yep there is yeah so i have um talk with the elder as well so my my village before was really big rice field so but now uh, a lot of story told me about how it transitioned into or converted into building so i think yeah the urbanization is really feel it in den pasar you feel it in den pasar uh, my elders said they yeah. noticed it yeah, yeah they noticed it mm-hmm. what, what was um what was school like for you uh school for uh as a, as, a, as a child okay as a child so what was it like so i went to the national school for elementary is uh as the Number one, Peguyangan. So SD is the elementary school. So, yeah, for me, when I was in 
that elementary school I have a lot of friends who still uh, play with uh, with me when when there's no gadget when there's only um what is called the the telephone the the with the numbers mm-hmm. um, the dial phone yeah not the cell phone so not the cell phone not 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 like the one that we have now so it's really hard to find to meeting because we don't really we don't really have a chat we don't have really phone before so we just find a spot that we need to go there especially in certain uh time in the evening so we will meet there together with the uh with the bicycle and then we play around uh go to the like backyard of my friend that has a river yeah. we sw- swam there together even though we need to do some napping in the afternoon before especially my dad and my mom is really strict you have to go to nap yeah. before you play with your friend it's good it's yeah. good rule so even though my friend came to me before we start to play my friend also invited to have a nap before we play so <laughs> your friend yeah he liked the nap yeah because it has to do before we we start to play so you play so, better yeah <laughs> no, play better yeah maybe play better so, so you have more fun yeah we have more fun i don't know why my parent has that rule so but i like it I like it too. Can I have a nap now? <laughs> If you have nap now, so we end uh, uh, the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you a good student or were you naughty? Yeah, I'm a good student. No. I usually get... Uh, Why are you laughing, Tim? <laughs> Tim thinks that's funny. <laughs> were you a good student? Yeah, it started like, I don't, I don't know, like grade four or grade three. So because my mom is a seller at one of the night market and then... I think that's my I don't know how 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 can I say my turning point because I'm maybe I'm really uh, naughty when I was grade one until grade three and then yeah. I just see my mom that waiting for me in the window while she also really sleepy and then I cannot be a good uh, boy at that moment I feel like oh my god my mom working more than twelve hour a day and then she's waiting for me and then I cannot make any Uh, I don't know how can I say like any good for her, and then I just feel like from the uh, the window everybody already got uh, uh, everybody already allowed to go home because they already make their um, like tasks, but I cannot make it because I'm like the boy, <laughs> and then I just feel like at that moment, oh my god, I need to change myself because my mom that really already tired and waiting for me, and then I don't really cannot go because I cannot done the task and then after that grade four until grade six I cannot be like best student but you you've, you you realize you're so young to understand that mm-hmm. that's very young yeah because of my background of my uh, family because I can feel it when I see my mom is really tired and then she still have time to pick me up And then suddenly I see around, and then I I just only a guy who's still in the class while everybody already went out. I I think that's my turning point to be like more um, more appreciate my my mom that she's already working in the market and then still uh, wanna pick me up, but I I cannot be a good student. 
and then that's in that moment I feel okay I need to uh, yeah be a good kid or be good student can you describe the night market so the night market yeah like how is it part of Balinese trading culture okay so especially in my family um, uh, and also in my banyar we have few people who selling stuff in the uh, night market so the night market usually for selling uh, some stuff for offering and then some stuff for make a Balinese salad is called rujak so my mom is selling that one so for the Balinese salad is called rujak so the rujak rujak Rujak. Can you say that? Rujak. Rujak. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Rujak. Yeah, so my mom sell that, like the material, like the unripe mango. Unripe, a lot like of... Un- green mango? Yeah, like green mango. Love green mango. Yeah, all the stuff like sour. Yeah. Uh, so she, she grows sour. that? She grows green mango? Um, Not yet, but I try to also prepare for, for her. So until now, uh, we still like, do B2B business to mm. business so my mom buy and then sell it again to the customer um, yeah and my mom start around now 5pm 5pm uh, going to the market and then going back home around 7 till 8am okay so more than 12 hour around. so she starts in the afternoon. Yeah, 5 p.m. in the afternoon. And then works all through the night mm-hmm. to the early morning yep. of 7 a.m. Yep. Even a- though when, How many days a week? Uh, she only got day off, like, in Nyepi, Galungan. So, Nyepi so is one... Like, so, Balinese public holidays yep. ceremony? Yeah, ceremony. Nyepi only once a year. What about in the week? Like, does she get a day off in the week? No. Like, Sunday? Or? No. She don't have... So seven, if, seven even, days. Yeah, seven. Even though when she was pregnant to me, for me and my sister, she's still going to the market at night. Se- I think seven days per week. Yeah. Tuju hari hari per minggu. Per minggu. Yeah, nonstop. How, for how many years? I'm already twenty six now, and my sister already thirty years old. How long did your mom do that though? Thirty years. Yeah, around thirty years old. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. So I think I guess that's also really inspired me to do some uh, stuff and then make me now to make her proud. Pardon? To to make her proud? Yeah. So to I make to to validate her hard work. Yeah, her hard work. What what has she used? I mean, you're at university. Uh huh. Is that because of your mother's hard work? Um. I feel it. Or did you get two, scholarship? Two things, yeah. First, my because of my mom' hard work, I didn't go with the um, scholarship. And then the second one because um, I'm growing with that environment because I I'm growing in the farming stuff, like what my dad usually do, telling me, and then also yeah, also my grandfather who doing that as well. Wow, mm-hmm. you know that this is. Uh, it's it's just good for it's good for me to hear personally. It's mm-hmm. it's a cultural difference, you know, yep. um, that I find very interesting from where I'm from. We we work hard in our country as well. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Uh, but we always get it. We get at least one day off a week, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, m- most people do, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so I just, I'm just really intrigued by that, you know, selling Mm. the vegetables that she grew and vegetables that she would buy and then sell it again. Yeah. Mm. And also some unripe fruit, like for the rujak. Rujak? Rujak, yeah. Rujak. Rujak, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then, so then you, 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 you know, you realize this when you were a young student Mm -hmm. and like in elementary school. Yep. And then you went to high school and Um, did you get... Before the high school, I went to middle school. And and were you a good student there? Did you get good grades? Um, like because you'd made this decision now. Yep. To try harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I can just uh, say from that uh, side, because of when when I grew up, so since elementary, maybe it's only in my village. So kind of be a best student in my village, but when jump into the middle school, it's more like. Uh, more uh, heterogeneous people, like not only one village, there's a lot of villages. But in that moment, I still try to be as a, I don't know, good student. I still try to, yeah, make my my parent proud of me because mm. he's really working uh, hard during the night as well. My dad during the day. So, yeah. And also inspired with from my sister as well. Yeah. My sister kind of mm, best student as as well. Yeah. So yeah. Be, the the family is really encouraged me to be to be a good yeah. Mm-hmm. To be a leader? To be yeah, maybe one day be a leader. Uh, I mean like I'm still tra- uh, learning how to be a good leader like what my my mom or my parent doing about how they encourage another family to keep in a loop. I mean, like, that's really uh, what I really want to learn from my parents as well. So it's not always in my small family. So they also still keep the loop with another family, like keep connected to another another family, like try to bring them together. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, that's also one that one I would like to learn. I don't know, one day mm. maybe I can um, be as what my parents are doing now. Mm-hmm. So sweet, man. Yeah, I love it. You then went, you know, went to high school, graduated. Um, mm-hmm. Did you did you get straight into university from high school? Yeah, in our culture, we don't have any gap year. So oh, I was going to ask, so no, yeah, yeah, no gap work. Okay. Yeah, so directly going to university. So in the university, because of what I used to learn when I was a kid, mm. I get it again. So I feel like like more and more um, not learning. I mean, like, because of, it's maybe learning, but it's more like happy because that's already what I used to do when I was a kid. Yeah. So you're glad to, you you're you're glad to do it. You don't need a gap year. Sorry? You don't want you don't need a gap year because you enjoy learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I enjoy learning because that's that I used to do when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. So you just like more connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. Maybe that's what Steve yeah. Jobs say. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I uh I wanna lead into your involvement with Pac Tim. Mm-hmm. So, h- how did you how did you guys meet? I might ask Tim this question. <sighs> I don't know. How did you meet? <laughs> we met um, because Martana was supporting Gian, uh, who is my colleague in Coco Connection. When we were working together at Green School, and um, Gian was working on her master's degree, 
and needed some assistance with uh, with the numbers for her thesis. I think that's what happened. Yep, and correct. Martana was there, and, and she introduced me to Martana. And uh, yeah, it was love at first sight. I mean, him for me, of course. But <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, just no, on a you, side <laughs> note, man, you got a good voice for radio. You, sorry, <laughs> you keep going. It's so so deep and manly. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, Martana was just uh, immediately had a nice chemistry with, with him and we had uh, at that time a lot of work to do and we were just transitioning to the work that we were doing in the field in farming and, and I knew that he had uh, quite a, a good background in that so we, we invited him to be an intern with our team. So can you give us some backstory about you know that 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 project at the time? Where where was it at? What we when when you needed the support of an intern like Martana? Like at what stage? What were you actually doing at the? I at guess the time? we were probably into our second or third rice cycle, and our first one was just uh, a matter of musing with the Green School community of like, what would it be like if we went out there with as a bunch of foreigners and get our feet in the mud and tried to see what it's like to plant rice and then see it through to the harvesting um, and go out there every week and connect with local farmers. So we did that, and uh, the experience really resonated with the the group of 12 people that we did it with. And through the course of that cycle, um, I think we picked up a bit of momentum, and teachers like you at Green School uh, took an interest to, to what we were doing. And that's why we, we need an intern, because in addition to this course that we were teaching for the Green School parents, uh, we also started to get interest from a handful of the green school teachers who said, that's pretty cool. How can we get involved out there too and and engage our students in what you're doing? So, yeah, that's when we needed help. Because it was, yeah. And then from there, like Martana, working as an intern, mm-hmm. um, did you immediately realize the vision that Pactim had mm-hmm. f- like for this, you know, um, I guess, advocating for regenerative farming practices mm-hmm. did you did you understand that immediately yeah because of uh there's kind of like a lot of issue when i was in university as well about the the way to farming so so this came up in your studies yeah i mean like yeah. i already kind of faced that when i was in university about what's the condition of the farming nowadays i mean like uh, there's really separate with the tourism they're not working together with the tourism and then there is also the the condition of the soil as well it's like the people are throwing chemical stuff in the soil and then i, I guess this start when it's green revolution so the vision what they mentioned at that moment i really can understand it because of i also uh, faced that when i when i was in uni and also, there's a lot of conversation also it's happening about that transitioning in our, in my university as well. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think there's um, there's a lot of concern? Um, you know, give us, give us a local perspective. Mm-hmm. Are locals concerned mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the current farming practices mm-hmm. and how um, detrimental... You know, uh, using chemicals to grow is to harming soil. Are, are mm-hmm. lo- do locals care, or are they like, hang on, there's there's plenty of money from tourism. 
we don't care about rice farming anymore. So um, maybe I can uh, answer it with uh, some cases. Um, the first about my background when I was a kid, I still remember how my far my my dad also tried to uh, invite me to do the organic thing. Like we remember at that moment before the chemical start, so we have our own way to produce our uh, fertilizer, like with the organic stuff and yeah. then the cows and then a lot of stuff from um, the surrounding, like the organic stuff. Yeah. So for myself personally, it's to make a good to make a good food. We need to also make a good soil. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And then there's a lot of issue about using the pesticide nowadays, and that's also make me feel it's also need to be really s- serious about this to to turn back the culture because the culture in Bali before it also used uh, the organics. I mean, like the nature stuff that already provide. That's the one that we use. But when the Green Revolution starts, so there's a lot of and another chemical input. So then that's that's why I said we need to going back to the culture wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean and that's really what Aston Karaway yep. educates about, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody comes to the Aston Karaway mm-hmm. from another country yep. to do a course. Mm-hmm. What will they learn? So for me now, especially I'm as facilitator as well. Facilitator? Yeah. yeah. So facilitator, I've been past a few courses during this almost two years yeah. to to facilitate it. And then uh, there there's adults, they can learn about how we transition the rice from the chemical into the nat- natural farming. Yeah. Or, yeah. For producing healthy rice, we cannot say organic rice especially uh, because there's a lot of need certificate and some stuff like that so we call it the healthy rice right. so people like adults learn about how we do transitioning and then what the method that we use to transitioning from the chemical into free chemical one right so and then the others also we provide um, course for the local we call it a sekolah subak Okay. So this is not all. This is not always for the. So, so it's a course for the local farmers. The local to teach the local farmers as well. So the for the first of all, we would like to do the the local the youth because yep. where so here maybe the story start because when we start the Aston Karaway and then when we also were were in green school we have a lot of discussion with the farmer there. So what the farmer said there. Um, at that moment, because nowadays the issue is about they're really less young people to going back to the the land. Why? Yeah, because of like what I mentioned, because of Bali is known well as the tourism site. Yeah. So most of people going to to tourism. So what, what were those young people doing during the the pandemic? So like the, all those young people that were working in hospitality. What yep. did what did they do? So for me, that I have friends that working in hospitality, and do? then I tried because he not really get a full time job at that moment, and then I tried to invite he, him to also help in gardening stuff. So that's only one example. So another example, people in Sibangkajo, 
and what what farmer mentioned there a lot of young people also going back to help farming like harvesting flowers and and so on really? yeah so they they're going back to the they, they were definitely going back to the village even yep, yep. so even like a, a trendy bartender at a day beach club mm-hmm. was doing that yep what a contrast yeah so yeah they, yeah that pandemic is a lot of people going back to the nature do you think the pandemic may be a good thing for bali secretly uh secretly like like for the, I mean, for I mean the, what's, a, what's a better way to describe Like, indirectly, mm-hmm. it was a good thing for Bali. Yeah. I, 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 know, I know it was a lot of suffering. I don't want to uh-huh. downplay that, I understand. Mm-hmm. But do you think maybe it got people, re- like, thinking for about how they're living here? For the way they're producing food, I think it's really good for, for them to have also their back experience to producing food. So, like, connecting with their land and then, yeah, the heritage. Yeah. The heritage. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, like, fancy beach clubs, because, you mm-hmm. know, Bali's full of these fancy, trendy beach clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean this is a genuine question, Tim. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Astun Karaway is now um, collaborating with iconic beach club in Bali, Potato Head. So, would you mind giving us a bit of an insight as to what you guys are working on together? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, Potato Head's a unique beach club, if you want to call it that. Um, it's a hotel as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hotel, but it's, I mean, their, their main emphasis, you know, when they talk about themselves, is about art and design and music and community, and um, they they take those things really seriously. That's how they define themselves. And um, they, as well, have defined themselves as being on a path for, on sustainability path for a long time. And that's how I got to know them through green school. And they were often engaged in, in the events and uh, with several of the uh, initiatives that were happening at green school. And, um, yeah, I guess um, I was, they called me up uh, a few months ago um, and I guess they had heard about Austin Got Away and uh, they liked the way that we were using the word regenerative and uh, they, they realized that uh, like, you know, maybe more and more tourism providers are going to have to start thinking in terms of regeneration, not just sustainability. So they were thinking about how they could transition and they asked us for some advice. So we came and sat with them and um, yeah, a lot of things came up and, and they were intrigued. And so we've been, we've been supporting them in that path towards regeneration since for, I guess, the past four months now. So interesting. Um, in terms of tourism... Because we talk a lot about tourism, I am aware that you had some uh, discussions or uh, meetings with the head of tourism in Bali, in the the government um, appointed head of tourism. Can you give us an insight as to what your relationship there was with with the? Uh... Actually, that was kind of a uh, fortuitous event. It was it was the minister of tourism for Indonesia. Uh, actually, not. Not for Bali. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and we were. Well, I was called up by uh, somebody, uh, one of the parents who was in our rice cycle course, who uh, was like he's an investment and uh, management consultant, and and works with those uh, you know those kind of business people that are 
in that world that I don't really know, that fuzzy world out there in Jakarta and the and world capitals. And uh, he's, he called me up a, a few weeks ago and said, I have a banker friend in Jakarta, he's got to come here and, and uh, with a consortium of investors and such and talk about green or ecotourism. I don't know, maybe you might want to talk to him. Uh, would it be okay if I floated your contact to him? And I said, um, sure. And a couple of weeks later, some guy in Jakarta called me up and said, hi, I'm this guy and I'm with this bank and um, me and a couple of institutional investors are coming around and we'll likely be meeting with uh, the Ministry of Tourism or a team of them. Uh, would you be interested in coming along to, um, you know, just be present because we're interested in green or ecotourism? And I said, mm, green tourism. He said, I feel like you're cringing. And I said, yeah, man, I'm really cringing. <laughs> like, right? When you start using words like ecotourism or green tourism, I why, imagine. Why? Well, just because, I mean, it's so easy to build a, a, a building, a structure out of bamboo uh, and in a great big resort that is otherwise trashing the island and, um, and call it ecotourism because, you know, you've done one or two things sort of right. And, um, I mean, I told him... You know, we're not so interested in, in using labels like eco or green. We're more interested in taking a, a really high integrity approach to regeneration and trying to understand how we can make that happen. And he said, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. So I, I told him about Aston Cottaway, and he said, would you be willing to put together a slide deck for the minister? And I said, well, geez, uh, I guess. And so we sent that to him, and then a few days later he said, could you come out and meet us for dinner? And I imagined that it would be um, the Minister of Tourism along with his cohort and probably a uh, hundred or so people sitting in a big table in, in Nusa Dua. Mm. And as it turned out, it was like um, a couple of banks and a couple of institutional investors on one side of the table and the Minister of Tourism and his deputy and myself and my business partner on the other side of the table. So we actually got to tell him about Aston Cutaway, and in fact, he had already found out about it. So uh, it was really, really encouraging. And, um, and I think, well, they too are looking at how they're going to develop these uh, next Bali tourism sites uh, in other, on other islands across mm -hmm. Indonesia. And they seem to have an interest in figuring out how to do that in a way that also um, supports and respects local communities. So uh, that's that's uh, quite a challenge, I think, for uh, big operators. So that's the um, fundamental challenge, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, at least they're they're willing to ask us about it, and so we're we're sharing our our vision for what that would be. And I'm not sure where that'll lead us, but um, they they have indicated that they want to uh, sign an MOU with us. And and uh, what's an MRI? Okay, sorry. Yes. I'm not down with all the the, the, the acronyms. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a very, it's not a contract. It's a, a, a loose affiliation that would indicate an intention to work together, cool. um, which could result in working together or could just be an intention. Um, <laughs> but at least it's something. And, um, and we were really honored to have that opportunity to speak directly to a minister who, um, and I, I mean, he, who expressed 
what seemed to be a sincere intention to uh, do the right things for local communities um, and for to develop a regenerative village tourism model. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You could possibly help him with that and work on that. Astunkara. Astunkara. Oi. Oi. <laughs> what does Astunkara mean, Matana? So the Astunkara means like God wills. So God will? Yeah. So every time. So it's the God will way. So yeah, God will. Yeah, we. Good will or God will? God. God. Yeah, God. God's will. Yeah, God wills. So yeah. When people in Bali usually say, it, um, hopefully today will be a nice day. And then we said Astungkara. Mm. Yeah, I like that man. Mm-hmm. Astungkara. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna say that on my motorbike when I'm riding through traffic. Okay, Astungkara. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> People said Astungkara back. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh man, it's it's special. And mm-hmm. I was sort of talking to Tim earlier. You know, I've had Tim on the podcast a couple of times, and personally, I'm just really now intrigued in continually. Documenting the mm-hmm. dern- the journey of the Ashton Karaway, because yep. uh, f- I've sort of now seen its inception. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I first had Tim on the podcast, he he was still working at the Green School, and you know, mm-hmm. you were you were talking about this vision. I mean, you'd already had it, I think, already underway, but you're like, I think that's what I'm really going to do. And just mm-hmm. to see where it's come now, you know, mm-hmm. m- you know, meetings with ministers, whether they're just intentional, but whatever, but, you know, and um, and a real, I see this, the links with some of the local people, Tim, even stronger and stronger, and just sort of looking at the relationship between you and Pak Martana, it's 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 mm-hmm. stronger than ever since I remember, you know, like a family sort of feel. It's super special. I think. Yeah. Um, can you tell me who else is in your team with the Aston Karaway? All right. So we have uh, most of young Balinese. Young Balinese. Yeah, okay, who cool. join our uh, Aston Karaway. Yeah. So some of my part, uh, some of my friend also from the university, like um, one year younger than me. Like, so there are three of them. So also join with us. And then we call it the uh, amigos. Amigos. Yeah. Amigos. Three, uh, three, three amigas. Three amigas. Yeah. Tiga amigas. Tiga amigas. Are they female? Uh, they're all females. So it's amiga. Yeah. That's the proper way. To yeah. Say not amiga. Amiga. Not amigas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have uh, friends. Yeah. From Singaraja Novi. Yeah. We also have Echi. Mm. And then yeah, we have Agus, most of Balinese, yeah. uh, young Balinese people. And, and for, the, for those that don't know, Martana, like, mm-hmm. um, what is the Astang Kara Trail that you okay. guys do? You do the amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess would you call it a pilgrimage, Tim? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pilgrimage yeah. across Bali. Mm-hmm. Yep. Describe it for us. Uh, yeah, for me, that already been. Try to do it with the team as well. <laughs> I remember. We try. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we would like to offer to the customers. So we need to make sure when we try, we all still live until the end of the. <laughs> so you got customers. So people pay to put themselves through that pain? <laughs> it's not as painful now yeah, as when not, my yeah, time yeah. did. <laughs> so that's the, the first one. So we, it's really like for me when, when I was growing the city side so i've been not really uh going to up there to the other side of bali for me is being uh the one that starting i mean like together as a team starting to try the first trail 
together as a team and then been passing a lot of uh like meet uh, like drop drop like meeting point or i don't know like this stopping point sorry uh, checkpoints yeah, yeah checkpoint mm-hmm. and then meet a lot of different people and then meet different culture mm-hmm. and then also the geograph geography also geography yeah, yeah. Ge- the geography also difference like from the from the city or urban and then become it like rice field until the forest and then it's really make me things so bali is not it's not about the uh, south side there's also something that i can f- feeling really nature in the north side so for me connect with the people learn mm. about its its point the authentic of its point the the authentic of balinese its oh, point authentic, yeah the authentic so it's it's make me feel like i don't know like because i'm not really have traveling a lot because i'm only like growing up there and not really have traveling a lot so i feel like bit Okay, so here is a Bali with their diversity. It's not. It's not always. It's not only like what what's happening in the city, but there's also a really beautiful experience along the way, and not there. So yeah, like so, if someone paid to do it, they can be guaranteed that they will see authentic Bali mm-hmm. and ha- and 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 actually have a really fulfilling, enriching experience. Yeah, with the Balinese family as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do do you hope that um, those experiences are life changing for people? Yep. So for the people that we already been uh, have experienced together, some of them has really, really special like life changing. What I can see from the people who who work with us together. So maybe Patim maybe can give more uh, more with that because. I am doing only few um, few trail because I'm focusing in Subakumolambing. Mm-hmm. So what I mentioned when I do facilitate the one that uh, have a stopping point at Subakumolambing near Green School. So then I see how they really enthusiastic every time they they doing the farming things there. So I think and then until the end of the day they give a lot of giving a lot of good testimonial about what they experienced during all the tr- yeah. trail so i think it's 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 make also life changing for people yeah mm-hmm. man, sounds like it mm-hmm. sounds like it for mm-hmm. sure especially connecting with the source of their food and then try to also make the traditional food that that what balinese usually eat so, so so will they will they cook their own food as well on the way yeah on the way so for wow. me when I facilitated in Subakumolambing so we we try to start with the planting rice together and then maybe not like suddenly harvest at that time but we have some of the 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 rice that we already harvested before harvested before and then we try to cook like as traditional as we can I mean like because of we we love like there's one of uh, traditional food is called tipat chantok tipat Tipat Chantok 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 Yeah, so <laughs> Tipat Chantok is what, like the sticky rice But we need to weaving with the the palm leaf And then we we learn together how to make the palm leaf first yep. Like the weaving palm leaf into into some shape And then yep. we put the rice And then we 
uh, boil it together and then we mix and then it become a sticky. Yep. And then we cook it with the peanut sauce and then we add some vegetable from the garden. So people yeah. will go and you go and pick the vegetables together. Yeah. Pick uh, and then yeah, pick the vegetable together and make the sticky rice together. So good. And then at the end of the day we have dinner together. Uh, we have sits together with the farmer to talk about what their challenges mm. and then yeah there's maybe some possibility to through all their pos- uh, their challenges so yeah. yeah at that moment we have experience in the field and also experience with the the people around like for me like the farmer in that place yeah having experience with the farmers and yeah. get to know them and, and how they live yeah and how they live there's so, I usually yeah. have long conversation at that moment because a lot yeah. of people asking about subak in Bali mm. about how the subak manage and what the situation now in the subak so yeah there will be a lot of throwing question at that moment yeah so for those that don't know the subak is the integ- uh, the water system yeah the water system so how the, the there's also organization who manage that so there's a head of the subak and then the head of the subak is called pekase and then this they will have uh they will have the dati or the the work to control or the manage the water so because of they probably have more water or less water it depend of uh, what they are planting and then w- when they planting it and then where they planting it mm-hmm. wow man so good yeah. i love it it's um i don't know i'm just sort of like imagining being there and mm-hmm. and, and doing it myself you know but um tim i I'm going to ask you this question first and then I'm going to ask Martana but like what 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 would you like to see and what is the future of Bali in your like what would your dream future Bali be look like that's the question I'm trying to ask uh, I think you know Bali is all about balance uh, the Balinese philosophy is very much attuned to balance um, you know offerings made up high and down below acknowledging light and dark seen and unseen i'd love to see a bali that's back in balance because i think uh, as martana mentioned the green revolution i think that really threw it off course um in some ways there's still a beautiful balance that's expressed on a daily basis here and every offering that's given and in just the way the balinese people are but there are a couple of things like mass tourism and um and the green revolution and the chemical usage on the fields that have really thrown a wrench in the works and i i my my dream for bali is that that balance gets reestablished that a new form of tourism could emerge um that is truly respectful that um that really honors and acknowledges uh the true beauty of bali the true ingenuity of of bali uh as well as distributes the wealth to the people that need it and know how to be good stewards of it um so yeah that that would be my my hope for bali as well as i mean i i think um what i'd love to see happen here i think is more possible to see happen here because people are still very much connected with nature and the source of their food in bali um the average balinese person even if they live in dembasar probably still have a sense of where their rice came from or where their vegetables came from or where their meat come from um whereas we in the western world have kind of lost touch with that 
And I think we're all at this uh, critical, well, an inflection point in the the crisis. The food uh, the food industry is just in a mess, and I think we're we're all going to feel the pinch. Um, well, if we we have already, and I think more and more it's going to become an acute kind of issue that we're all going to have to wrestle with. And uh, I see Bali as being better positioned than most to make that transition to self-sufficiency and resiliency and even abundance in the face of, of all of this uh, pressure that's on the industrial food system. So maybe Bali could be a great model to inspire other places to, to make that same transition. Yeah. Matara, what's your vision for Bali? What I vision for Bali as a Balinese, I think living in harmony so yeah living with the all creatures that sea mage the yeah. god mage yeah, been surrounding with the food that we can harvest easily so yeah just being living in harmony with with people with the god bule and, and then yeah people bule as well yeah <laughs> so that's that's the the three hitakarana yeah principle so we have the three hitakarana are you what are they so the three cause happiness so yeah. that's can make our happy so our prosperous prosperity and yeah. then the first is how we make the good good relation with the god and then how we make a good relation with the people and then how we can make good relation with the nature so i think that's for me personally i would really love to see bali living in harmony between three of what i mentioned yeah, the, that's the mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. i think every country needs to adopt that it's <laughs> yeah. such a it's such Thank a great you. philosophy mm-hmm. approach Ah oh, man, listen, I, like it's funny, like, like I said, I haven't been to Bali in a couple of years, um, it's been like a really, it's been quite a profound experience for me, you know, I, I kind of had a moment where I thought I wasn't going to be able to come back, you know, the world just went so crazy for a while there, mm-hmm. and um, sort of like, it's just bizarre for me, but I just forgot like, um, how relaxed I feel here, I think it's a combination of the warm weather, you know, and also, you know, I mean, I'm sitting under, you know, like uh, Palankiran, Palan, Palankiran, Palankiran, and it's. Um, I just feel this real peace come over me, and mm-hmm. I just want to ask you, like, what would you say to to foreigners if mm-hmm. they're thinking about coming back? Like, do you want them to come back to Bali and and visit? Like, or you, how do you feel about that? So, yeah, just what I mentioned in the beginning. So, like the tourism. If it go back again to Bali, if they go back to Bali, I think it's need to be balanced with the agriculture as well. So it's not like uh, balanced with the agriculture. Yeah, balanced with the agriculture. It's not like one side is really going up and the other side is really going down. So for me, it's, um, if the the bule come back again to Bali, so what I hope is let's let's make it balanced between how the tourism grow and then how the agriculture go as well. So that's how you'd like to see it done differently yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. And, and we have an opportunity, there's an opportunity for that to change right yeah. now. Yeah, so that's, that's Aston Karaway is, I think, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do the regenerative tourism, like working with alongside mm-hmm. with the local partner that doing farming. But, but I kind of feel like the average tourist wouldn't know how to do that. 
mm-hmm. because they're conditioned to book hotels and yep. resorts mm-hmm. in and just you know enjoy the beaches and the ocean and the pools mm-hmm. and the restaurants i don't think it's and you know some people are very on, on short time frames because it's their one holiday of the year mm-hmm. from their job I, you know do you think it's do you think it's realistic yeah for me if if it again if it too short for them to doing farming like another stuff like what you mentioned i think being use the tr- philosophy that i mentioned the trihita karana yeah even though it's just only short holiday if even though they just only have like really like quick holiday if they do like make a harmony between that three things i think that's really simple way to make it in balance as well like what simple yeah simple and they'll way. have a good holiday yeah good karma mm-hmm. Good karma as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Speaking of good karma, Pak Tim shouted me lunch today. Thanks, Tim. But I don't it's have about the karma. And, has, and his beautiful Korean and wife's um, beautiful Korean restaurant, Sugi Roll in Pereiranan. And man, that hot dog! I feel like I actually want to go back there and have another one before I head back to Uluwatu. Do what you gotta do, Shane. Yeah. Do I have to pay? Do I have to pay this time? Oh, so inconvenient. <laughs> the whole paying thing. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So listen, um, guys, I, I, I do generally I ask all guests to come to the podcast with a cause they want to support or advocate for. Mm-hmm. However, in your in this instance, I think, you know, the best the cause is the Yastung Karaway and mm-hmm. please like go to their website. It's the Yastungkaraway.com. Can you spell it for us, Tim? Uh, yeah, it's www.astungkara, A-S-T-U-N-G-K-A-R-A way. W-A-Y.com. com. And then go there, check out the website, see how you can um, participate. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, you can, even if you're in Australia, you can still contribute by purchasing our healthy rice. And uh, we, we have actually a lot of people buying the rice to donate it to... Uh, food kitchens that are supporting people in need here. So uh, it's kind of like getting more bang for your charity buck. You feed people and also feed them healthy rice that expands the regenerative footprint in Bali while you're at it. Yes. Hmm. It really is God's work, man. I don't know. I feel it. That's why I'm drawn to it. Like, you know, like people say to me, how do you, how do you select guests for the, for the podcast? And I'm like, just people that I'm interested in and, and, and spark something deep in my heart. Hmm. That's how I pick my guests, you know, and then you guys do that. So thank you, and please like continue on the mission, and hopefully we can have it, we can keep d- discussing it and, and 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 monitoring the journey of the Ashton Caraway. And uh, I, I love I would love to do the trail one day soon if I can line up the dates. So we'd love to have you walk with us five <laughs> or ten days. Thanks, man. Astunkara. Astunkara. <laughs> it's yeah. God's will, man. God's will. I think it's a nice way to end. <laughs> it's a nice way to end. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so if you enjoy this episode, please, it always helps the podcast in terms of uh, expanding the reach to people. If you follow on Spotify, um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, like a five-star review, or you don't have to give it five stars, but if you write a review, 
these things help to, um, you know, get these messages further and that's what I'm aiming to do. But if you don't do that, I'm just really grateful that you listened to this podcast, so thank you. And uh, you can find this episode and, and a back catalogue of approximately 150 episodes uh, on TerribleHappyTalks.com and, um, you know, there's also the social media thing, follow, and you can keep up to date with who, who, who I'm having on from week to week. This is a weekly podcast, so thanks for listening. Pak Matana, Pak Tim. Thank you, Shan. Terima kasih. Astungkar. Astungkar. So before we kick off the podcast, I just want to talk about getting your morning kick in Belmont Coffee. Belmont is owned by skaters, barbers, traders, and musicians. They came together with the idea of creating a co-pilot that's next to you on the late night drives, early mornings on the job site, or a midday pick-me-up, ethically sourced beans in a sustainable can, and ready to go when you are. Use the code THT to score a discount at belmont.com. That's Belmont, B-E-L-L-M-O-T-T dot com.